0: Hi guys, welcome to the Estepreneur Podcast. You're listening to your host, Razia Mirza, and today I have Justina, who's a licensed esthetician for past 14 years. She is also an advanced aesthetics instructor. She's also very experienced in oncology patients in terms of their aesthetic treatments. I wanted to bring her on to the podcast today because we have actually been planning to do this podcast for a really long time. Finally, we made it possible today. I wanted to have her on the podcast because she has so much knowledge and information to share and she has also been mentoring me in terms of everything that i'm doing in advanced aesthetic school she's somebody who's giving me a little bit more insight and how the laser treatments work the purpose of having her here is to talk more about the school of practice the aesthetic school medical aestheticians, what is it and is it even a real thing or not and just her whole perspective from an instructor point of view i haven't had an instructor on this podcast uh this is my first time so i'm really feeling happy to do that for you guys so let's together welcome justina hi justina how are you
1: good razi how are you I'm doing good.
0: Finally. I'm, I'm so done. excited.
1: Finally. I know it's been such a long time coming. That's what happens when you're on opposite coasts. Oh yeah. The timings are different. Everything is just all over the place. And, with and both of us, us are so in... busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's so, it's, it's good. We're good.
0: Yeah. I'm actually very thankful to you for helping me understand the, the advanced aesthetic treatments, like mainly the laser stuff. Cause Chemical peels, microneedling, all the stuff I got it, but you really did help me like look into some of the things that you send me through the email to study and just understand more about lasers. So first of all, how does it feel to be an instructor from the, from the other side, like not be an esthetician, but be the one who actually teaches the estheticians?
1: So I love teaching. Um, It really like, it just lights me up. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I had to actually do a presentation the other day for somebody. And um, now that I'm in spa management and the spa that I'm in, I I don't personally own it, but the doctor that I work for was like, this is yours. This is your spa. Make this your baby. You know, here's the mission for us. This is what we stand for. Follow that. And then everything else is yours. So in a, in a way it's, i do i treat it like my baby um but i had to do this presentation and i just felt ignited again so like sometimes you know when you're in this business for a long period of time you know you do get burnout and you start to think like is this where i want to be is this what i want to do and then something comes along that you know You kind of do and you're like yeah that's it you know like even with this podcast I've been so excited about it and so the the couple of times that we were gonna do it and couldn't do it I was like oh man so today I was like yay so like over the last month there's just been these little things that have happened that like reignite that spark yeah and I think that's huge in our industry because we we do do things you know repetitiously and so it can get a little bit boring sometimes and a little bit frustrating but as far as instructing like what I really love about it is the way the classes are I know one of the biggest complaints with estheticians is that oh I feel like I haven't learned anything in school my instructors don't give me enough information Um, the programs move really really fast I feel like I can't keep up there's so much information um But everything is just about state board, state board, state board. And obviously, that depends on the state that you're in, because I am licensed in New York and Florida, and they're completely different. Mm -hmm. I got my aesthetics license. In 2009, I did um, part time evening. So I was in a one year program. And um, my instructor was fantastic. To this day, she's still like a mentor. And at that time, she was, you know, significantly younger than me. But I I loved her then, and I love her now, and she doesn't teach anymore, but she has two thriving businesses, and, you know, whenever I see her posts and stuff like that, I'm excited for her because I remember being on the opposite side of that, so she was always kind of like background, like influencer, like I remember when I was in school, I was like, wow, I'm really fortunate to have this instructor because I could feel her passion and, and, and how much she loved the industry. And I'm like, maybe one day I'll be in that sh- in her shoes. So oddly enough, when I was in aesthetic school, um, every year they have a job fair where um they not a job fair, but it is kind of like meet the teacher night type of thing where mm-hmm. prospective aestheticians would come in like with their parents or husbands or wives or whatever the case is. So you know, part of aesthetics is to learn makeup and makeup application and color theory and all of that. So evidently the person who was supposed to do the makeup segment, um, no showed. So the director of the school came to me that night and she's like, would you be interested in like proctoring this makeup class, like to go over the makeup portion and, and let the students and the parents know, like, this is what you're going to learn. So I said, sure, absolutely. And I went into it like it was nothing. And then the next day she gave me feedback and she's like, they loved you. She's like, they, you, you seem to be like a natural lad or whatever. So she's like, if you ever are looking for a job here teaching, let me know. So that was in 2008. Fast forward to then 2019 when the position was available and one of the girls that, was the lead instructor that hired me, her and I were in school together. So as soon as she saw my resume, she called me and she was like, Oh my God, are you serious? And I was like, what? Yeah, I am. And she's like, okay, just come down and fill out the paperwork you're in. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, And I just, I've loved it ever since. And now Um, I'm not teaching at that school anymore because that was in New York. I got my endorsed license in Florida. Um, But being a spa manager, my consultations for new patients or potential new clients, there's where I get to do the teaching. Yeah. Educating them on skin and skincare. Of course, I have to pull it back. I can't be the way I am in the classroom setting. Um, But it's, it's fun and you know like you forget sometimes how intelligent we really are like the first the first class I had my first chapter because you know the enrollment is continuous so the yeah. first chapter that I had to do was uh, physiology and histology of the skin which yeah. ultimately along with anatomy and physiology um, they, that happened to be my favorite chapter the layers of the skin and I was like wow get to teach. And then what was interesting is all the things that I had forgotten. Because once you're out of the classroom as, yeah. as a student, you know, you forget how to word things or, you know, you forget about all the layers of the skin because your, your clients don't really need, need to know it to that extent. So now it's funny because I'm sitting here in my office and I have like all my books still and I'm like, every now and then if I have a question, matter of fact, the other day, um, something came up across my TikTok. Somebody talking about microneedling. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's wrong!" And I pulled out my Dr. Lance Setterfield book, the third edition, and I was like, looking through it. So I, I like to do that too. Like, even though I like to educate, I like to be educated, and I'm constantly like fact checking myself and and looking yeah. up information because there's so much out there, like studies from like you know 2015 that maybe we didn't know about because we were in the thick of it and we weren't you know sitting and learning ourselves um so i think like with social media in a way that's kind of the blessing because it really does force you to continue to learn and and like i said fact check yourself um but then the, the other thing why I also wanted to become an instructor was because and here's the key point I got really sick and tired of seeing the misinformation that was being put out there yeah and it's it's still out there and it's still going to be out there and I think sometimes people give misinformation on purpose as almost like the hook and bait yeah. for content and yeah comments and driving the algorithm um, you know, like right now seeing the trend with the whole baking soda facial.
0: Yep. I just watched <laughs> Dr. Um, I just actually watched Dr. Shireen. She's one of my favorite one. I, I love her. her. Um, I really like the fact that she is also supportive of estheticians and when yes. I share her content or something, she always like would DM, thank you for sharing. Like, it's nice to hear that from people who would notice you. And on top of that, um, her facts are so on point. The mm-hmm. way she explained about the acid mental and how your skin is acidic and why is it acidic and why you need that uh, acidic uh, quality to be there. Right. When right. you're using a basic acid, of a basic um, product that has like pH of 9, you're disturbing your acid mental. And a lot of people, this is why I don't like TikTok skincare. Like it's so weird it's just the information is so incorrect and right. the, unfortunately the incorrect information gets the virality versus the one that is actually accurate it's,
1: it does yeah exactly um so she's one of my favorites and Dr. Marawalla who's a dermatologist on Long Island she's also amazing she takes a different um approach because she actually does um like when the med students are in their rotation, she does this thing called 2020 where she gives them like questions and stuff like that. So she kind of comes around on the other side of that. Um, so they, they happen to be, and they're both in New York, but they happen to be my two favorites for the same reason because they do respond back. Even if they can't write a comment, they, they like what you say. And I think that's really important, too, because I also notice a lot of times on social media, you know, people will create this content and then they get comments after comments. And those persons who posted it are, are like ghosts, yeah. you know, and they don't answer the questions or they don't answer the comments. And I'm like, OK, clearly you just wanted to get the information at, and you don't really care about other people. But um, what do you think of the esthetician revolution that's happening and in- Okay, so this whole medical grade thing, I mean, medical grade, medical estheticians, both of those terms drive me crazy. Because what I tell people is, especially in the United States, I mean, I can't speak about, you know, Canada and South Korea. and I, I, I can't speak about that. I haven't done enough research to know, you know, what chemicals are allowed and what aren't allowed. I know what is banned in the United States is like only 35 chemicals. And in other countries, there's like over, you know, 15, 1600 chemicals that are banned, like hydroquinone is banned everywhere. I know in, in the United States, hydroquinone gets banned, then it gets put back and then and it's back and forth. So we're not as strict with our bans on chemicals. So with that being said, you know, Cosmetic chemists and formulators—they all have the same access to the same raw materials. So, like the other day when you showed the different versions of vitamin C's, that's th- that's what's out there. So, if yeah. and I think there's maybe two more versions. I know Teca te- is the latest and greatest one that is the most stable, and everybody loves that one. And most most companies are putting that form of vitamin C into their products. Um, but with that being said, whether there's three versions, four versions, whatever it is at the end of the day, our skin has to convert it to its original state. So ascorbic acid is the original below that is L-ascorbic. So whether you start with the lower version and work your way up, what, what's going to happen is it needs to convert to ascorbic acid to be effective in the cells, just like with retinoids you have to get to retinoic acid for it to be effective. So, you know, people will argue over which one is right. They're all right. Matter of fact, um, Dr. Des Fernandez, who is the founder of Environ, who is the original founder of dermal rolling and needling, he is the, like, retinol king. Yeah. And... He says that when you're using your vitamin A's, you should actually be using different combinations. Like you shouldn't stick to one type or one version of retinol that you should constantly be switching it around because each one has a different signaling mechanism. Yeah. So I kind of do that with all my skincare. Like I have three different types of retinol at home and I'll use a week one, one night because it's my mask that I could sleep in. And then another night I'll use my, you know, one down from tretinoin because I don't actually have tretinoin, but I'll cycle them through the week. And then all this business about, oh, but you can't mix this ingredient with that ingredient. Half of the skincare that's out there is mixed with vitamin A's and vitamin C's because they've learned how to encapsulate it. So when they talk about medical grade, It's, it's just, it is just marketing. It is just to be, give exclusivity to doctors, which is ridiculous because doctors have access to drugs and I'm a perfect example of how this whole thing works. So I sell professional, I, we sell image at this, at my spa, but I also am allowed to write because I'm also a medical assistant and I work in a very large. Medical practice. The spa is within the practice, even though they're separate entities. But I have two a pediatrician. the The doctor that owns the practice is internal medicine. He has seven nurse practitioners, and there's probably like fifteen MAs. And myself, I'm a certified clinical um, medical assistant as well. Anyway, I can write prescriptions. I also have access to a compound pharmacist, so. I can give people this image skincare and then I can legitimately give them topical drugs. Matter of fact, I just prescribed somebody the other day topical clindamycin because her acne will not calm down.
0: So would you still be doing doing that under the doctor's supervision and his license, basically? Because I don't know if, does
1: the medical assistants have the qualification and... We don't. We don't have a DEA number. Okay. So, what happens with that? So, the compound pharmacy is different because I can call that in for the patient. The pharmacist makes the compound and then she mails, mail orders and it you to. You will be using your physician's uh, ID. Yes. Wouldn't that be the case? Yes. yes. So, yes. Yeah. so, now I say all that to say that when you talk about quote unquote medical grade skincare, none of that is involved none of it so it was it is just a marketing and branding thing to say okay well you can't buy this anywhere else except for this office that has this doctor so we're going to call it medical grade because the ingredients for and then they tried to come around with oh well the percentages are higher that's not true either if the max percentage let's say of vitamin c that you can have based on FDA guidelines is 30%,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? The old, If it's higher than 30%, it is now considered a drug because in the United States, you have only two categories. You have cosmetic and drug. They will use cosmeceutical to kind of finesse that in between, but... Realistically, if you only have up to 30% vitamin C that a formulator can use in the cosmetic industry, then it is a cosmetic. The reason why they classify SPF as a drug is because it's preventive of cancer. Yeah. So it's like taking Tylenol. You can buy Tylenol over the counter, but it is classified as a drug because it alters your body. You get a headache, you take Tylenol, you have no no more headache. Yeah. So that's why sunscreen is classified as a drug. But you can get it over the counter, right? So these medical grade skincare lines, so to speak, most of them have pretty much sold out in ways like you can actually go on their website and buy it. So if the consumer can go on the website and buy it, how is it now considered medical grade? What changed? Yeah. so it's bogus. It's totally bogus to say that something is medical grade.
0: I think it does undermine our license in a way because when something becomes medical, it takes away that the credibility from the aesthetician because we're not medical. Nothing that we do under our license definition is medical. it's everything is aesthetics. it's to beautify the skin it's to improve the skin has nothing to do with the disease or the disorders or majorly like nothing with like skin cancer. So to when, I think when brands do utilize the term medical grade and that kind of like undermines the license, it comes to the point where now most estheticians do require a medical director while the same skincare brand would be selling on Amazon and a much cheaper discounted rate. Um, I think like there's a lot of problems in our industry that needs to be addressed. And sometimes I never saw a statistician speaking up about these things. Technically what I would think about it, I'm like, yeah, this is actually fucked up. It's not right. But since nobody is speaking up. It is so hard to like have that stand and be like, okay, I'm against this. This is not right. Um, because everybody just comes after you but now when i i feel like when in the esthetician revolution since every esthetician is doing it like there's a group of us doing it it kind of changed that whole perspective of like okay it's not just one person we all collectively feel this it is a right. problem um it sucks i feel like it it the same thing with the um, Medical esthetician, you like said, because I didn't know about this either before. Because when I was getting trained into like advanced aesthetics in Atlanta, I had to go through a nurse practitioner who was uh, who was the instructor. Uh, she mm-hmm. was teaching basically advanced aesthetic services, and she would call it become a medical esthetician. So it is so commonly used that somebody who's new in the industry or somebody who hasn't been uh, in this industry for long enough might not understand how to differentiate those things. In our license, it specifically says licensed esthetician. So nothing that we do is medical. There are some many like esthetician influencers that are pretty big influencers. They call themselves medical estheticians while they have actually not even touched skin. Right. And I'm like, how? (laughs) We need to like change that
1: wording. The verbiage is very important. It, it is. It is. It's misleading. And I have had that argument many, many, many times on social media, especially TikTok, where people will come back at me when I say that's not a term. And they're like, well, I do this and I do that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Okay, you work in a medical environment. You have access to certain things that maybe a solo esthetician wouldn't have access to because she doesn't have a medical director. But at the end of the day, it's exactly what you said. We're not medical. We cannot prescribe medication. We do not have the licensing. We do not have that licensing number, the DEA number to do that. Um, Here, I'll give you another example. When uh, one spa that I worked in, it was another doctor's office, and he did Botox and fillers, and I'm the esthetician, and I would have to order it. And the first thing that they would ask is, what's his DEA number? Yeah. And of course, I had all that information so that I could call it in for him, just like any prescription. He could have had me call in any prescription. So, but just because I have that information, it's not mine. I did not get that license. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it very um, misleading to the consumer when you're like, oh, I'm a medical esthetician. No, you're not. Yeah. It, you know, it, you're just, you're just not. Now, if you go to nursing school and become an RN, okay, well, then you could say that you're a aesthetics nurse is really what you would call yourself at that point. Um, but even that's a problem in our industry. There's no bridge from aesthetics to nursing without basically having to start from scratch, unless you, you know, happen to have your bachelor's and most of the credits to go into a nursing program. Most of us would have to start from scratch. So, you know, people think that aesthetics is so easy. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many people think, oh, I'm just going to go solo or, oh, I'm going to open up a spa. And they're not in the industry at all. Like I worked for somebody who was a former mortgage broker and decided I'm going to open up a spa. It happened to work well for that, for that person because they knew business. Um, but at the end of the day, like people think that this is so easy and I tell them all the time, I'm like, you know, aesthetics is really a a career of passion, uh, a career that's a, a labor of love. Like it's not for the faint of heart because we go through many, many obstacles and many, many roadblocks and it can get extremely frustrating when, you know, especially now you do have newer dermatologists that are actually into skincare and now they're talking about it like nothing is sacred for us anymore it's like everybody nobody stays in their lane but want they want us to stay in our lane yeah oh you can't dermaplane your state doesn't allow you oh you can't microneedle your state doesn't allow you or you can microneedle but you have to get a tattoo license Um. And then if you get the tattoo license, the shop that you work in also has to have a tattoo license for, you know, for you to do it or just the fact that each state has different hours. I mean, a majority of the states have the 600 hour program for licensing, but Florida is 220. Yeah. And they don't take a state board. They just take their, you know, exams at the end of the program. And then they, that's it. They go on their merry way. Um, Now, if they want to become a licensed laser technician, that's a different program. That's an Electrology program. They do sit for a board exam. And that is through the Department of Health of Florida where the facial specialist license is through the state of Florida. So those are two separate entities. Now, the other lasers like Tattoo Removal, IPL, in Florida, those are under the Board of Medicine. Yeah. So as an esthetician, if you want to run those lasers, you have to be under the supervision of a nurse practitioner or a physician. Yes. Now in New York, if you want to buy as an esthetician, a laser hair removal device, have at it. It's all yours. Yeah. Those other lasers, IPL, tattoo, those are all gray areas. They recently just passed that they're allowed to do dermaplaning they are still not supposed to be doing microneedling. But
0: I, what I feel is that the problem is in our education system. That's a major, major problem in education system, which I also am the victim of because in Georgia, I had certain amount of hours. I don't exactly remember how many, because I went through the cosmetology licensing Mm -hmm. and, um, those hours transferred in Oregon are, were completely different, and then I realized that all the advanced aesthetic classes that I did were not accepted in Oregon because it's not from an Oregon-accredited school. Now, I did spend $15,000 to learn microneedling, chemical peel, dermaplaning, all the, all the advanced aesthetic outside a laser, Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about laser because I never worked with laser never had the interest to work with laser my thing was always chemicals and that's what I loved but coming in Oregon I realized that I can't even do the things that I have been doing in my own is because now I'm in a different state I understand right. that even doctors depending on state that they are in they have a different education requirement they have to get licensed they have to like renew their licenses but the problem in our education system is that Our education hours are not enough. What I think of like aesthetics as to be at least a two to three years of a program across the nation, giving basically you have to have like your prerequisites, which is your basic aesthetics. And then you move forward in learning facial anatomy. You're learning, move forward with like lasers, all of those things. So when you graduate, basically you are an aesthetics RN which you don't have to do or aesthetics nurse something like that we don't have to do in the in the side of medical for example right. even if somebody does go and become like a nurse they still have to they don't know chemical peels they don't learn right. that in, in RN school they're, they're not
1: they're not licensed to touch the skin
0: they're not licensed to touch the skin and even then in our uh, in nursing school you don't learn how to do botox and fillers so that means you no. have to now go outside of your RN school and you have to learn more. So why right. even have that chaos? It, it all comes down to the legislation and also the lobbyists that they have. Like the whole system is screwed up. If there oh, were yeah. an education program for all of us standardized for three years, I honestly would be happy to pay and go and study for that three, four years where I'm allowed to do everything that is, that is within my scope of practice. Right. It's not the same. Yeah. I know an aesthetician in uh, UK. She does Botox and fillers. They have an advanced aesthetics program where they go through, I think it's a college or something, that uh, community college. They learn yeah. everything. And she is a phenomenal injector.
1: Yeah. How we, long? We have, have the
0: potential for that. I mean, we all could. I mean, all I'm saying is, how long does it take to learn the facial anatomy? A doctor learns everything within four years. That's the length of the medical school. Four years. You can learn the whole body in four years, and you're telling me I cannot learn the the facial
1: anatomy in a year to be an injector? Oh, of course you can. Of course you can. I'm not understanding. It's not to say say that it's not difficult, you know, but even if it does take a year, well, when you go to college, you take anatomy 101 and 102, and that's it. I mean, if you're going into general practice and internal medicine, us as estheticians know more about nutrition than they do. Yeah. There's a lot that we know more about, you know, like even like either one of us could probably go head to head with a dermatologist when it comes to skin and skincare. I mean, we're not allowed to diagnose, but there are definitely things that we see that we're like, okay, that is definitely this disorder, and disease.
0: The problem is our schooling is not, it's not documented. Anything that we do outside of school, the education that we get, it's not documented. We're not properly sitting in an institute and getting that lecture from somebody writing something on the whiteboard, it usually comes down to like learning it from our experience in the treatment room, learning it from like extra CME courses that we have to do or taking extra classes that we have to do. That's how we actually do learn, but you can disregard that whole aspect of our career that we get to touch skin. An average esthetician sees about five to six clients a day, the one who has no practice, or even if they are working for somebody else, you see five to six clients a day. So touching different skin types, that hands-on experience is also something that hasn't been accounted for.
1: Exactly. And it should be. I think part of it is that they really don't know how to turn it into, um, you know, numbers. They don't know how to matriculate that information. And they especially don't know how to do it from state to state. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, a problem with legislation, but I also think that there's an issue where they don't really care. Like, I know a lot of states want to deregulate many trades yeah. beyond aesthetics. There's, you know, over the last 5-10 years, so many trade schools have shut down because they they it's got to be college or nothing. I feel like trades are starting to make a comeback because, you know, the newer generation, like my daughter's generation, my daughter's 16. So, you know, a lot of like, she wants to get into, she loves agri-science. So she wants to get into like agriculture and, you know, that aspect of it. And there's so many different directions that she can go in. She can go to college and take that route or she could go into like a trade and then get out into the field doing things with, you know, plants and animals and stuff. So there's a few different ways that she could go with it. And I'm a supporter of whatever way is going to make her happy that her end game is met being that, you know, she makes good money, that she wants to have, you know, freedom with her time off, stuff like that. So to me, I'm like, well, whatever's going to get you there is, is what's going to, and whatever's going to make you happy is what's going to make me happy for you. Um, I know for me as an instructor, I overtaught like, you know, my, so, and, and I actually, so the funny thing is my first year teaching was standard. We had our, I, I taught Monday through Friday. Um, class was nine to three 30. We had our lecture days and then clinic days and we had a calendar and we followed it every week. All the teachers would meet and so forth. Well, then when COVID hit, we instantaneously had to go virtual and not all of the instructors chose to do it. Some of them actually chose to take the layoff. And I was like, I'm in, let's do this. So virtual teaching was amazing, but it was really an eye opener, especially to see like how people learn. Now, the thing is when you become an aesthetics instructor, and I mean, I don't know if it's like this for all states, but in New York, Basically, to get your full aesthetics instructor license, more or less, you're being sponsored by the school. Mm-hmm. So you go in and you start teaching. And then within the first year, you have to complete the first of three 30-hour methodology classes. So I did my first year. Then, and then the following year, I did the second class. And then I just did the third one and finished in April. So then I got my, have my full license. So if I ever went back to New York, that just gets renewed every four years, right along with my aesthetics license. So I'll have that forever. So I, I could teach whenever I want in New York. Now, Florida does not have the same regulations. Florida to teach, all you need is to be an esthetician for two years. That's it. So technically, I can teach here as well. But other states might have different requirements. But one thing with me is that I, I over like I have two, two textbooks because I taught the 600 hour program and then we had a 300 hour advanced program. So when COVID came about, um, they decided to marry the two classes together. So originally it was 600 hours. You would graduate and then you would do the 300 hour advanced they decided to mesh this into a 900 hour program and they were like, you know, you'll be the first one to do it. Do you want to do it? I was like, absolutely. Um, you know, so we worked on the calendar and making sure that things were like pretty cohesive. And so what I would have to do is like with the 600 hour, cause that was state board, I would stick to the script, but I would always have to remind them when we were in an advanced chapter, I'm like, remember this is advanced. This is not state board. So I'm giving you not only what's in the PowerPoint and in the textbook, I'm giving you real life, real world, like this is what you're going to come across. This is what's going to happen. And another thing that I always made sure is that I stayed relevant by making sure that I was still working in the field. So I worked full-time Monday through Friday, and then I, would work, I worked in a spa on Saturdays. Sometimes I would do like a Thursday night or a Friday night if a client really needed it, but to stay in hands-on and make sure that I kept my skills sharp, I worked in the spa and, you know, even teaching in the clinic, you know, how you do your theory days and then you have your days where you do your hands-on practice, you know, that would keep me sharp too, but I was teaching them like how to do things for their state board, you know, like how to do the facial maneuvers that we had for them, how to you know, um, do facial protocols with the products that we use with our partnerships and things like that. So, you know, this, this the school calendar was very structured, but the good thing is, is that um, the school that I work for, they let us be ourselves as teachers, you know, and they're like, talk about whatever you need to talk about, as long as the, the information that they're getting for state board gets across. And we had a great team, like we all worked well together. So, you know, I, I feel kind of sad for students who don't get that stellar experience, that complain about their schools and, you know, they feel like they're they're getting slighted because they, they are. Um, you know, I know that there are many, many educators like myself who go above and beyond because I had that experience my teacher went above and beyond for us. And I always promised that if I ever got into that opportunity that I would do that. And that's exactly what I did. And I still do it, you know, like my friends, my family, they're like, eh, we don't want to hear about this stuff. Who cares? Just tell me what I have to put on my face. I don't want to know why. I just want to know what order and I'll do that, you know, but when you have your clients coming in and they want to know, well, how come this laser that you have is better than the one down the street? And then I can actually explain to them why, and not just in like, you know, teacher terms, but I can bring it down for them to understand, well, this, our laser has this function, that function. We also have three different ways to administer this laser. It's not just about the the, the light and the wavelengths itself. It's the actual technique and the technician Yeah. And how good that technician is, because everything we do is multifaceted. It's not just a, you know, a one off thing that you're just like, here, put this on or here, do this treatment. And you're you're going to be, you know, the fountain of youth, like everything that we do requires steps and a process like um, Dr. Shereen the other day, that post that she put of her client that she's been working with for eight years. I cannot tell you how much I loved that. Like, I love all her content and I adore her. That one, I was like, this is a perfect example of what we as estheticians live for. Yeah. A person who is interested, a person who is listening to, because, you know, all right. I'm in Florida. Our weather now I'm in Florida. Our weather pretty much stays the same kind of all year round. We do get a cold season, but I can tell you when I moved from New York to, and came to Florida, it took six months for me to re-regulate my skin. Yeah. All the skincare that I was using in New York failed me mm-hmm. when I moved to Florida. I was like, what is happening and it was because no matter what kind of day you have in Florida, there is always underlying humidity. In New York, you have days where there's no humidity and it's very dry. So and I I lived in Flor in New York for forty seven years. So right. my skin was used to New York, New York water, New York weather,
0: you know, if New York so- environment. If you're saying now seven, you don't look like 47. I'm 49 now. <laughs> you don't look I'm 49.
1: <laughs> so I, yeah, for the first six months I had to revamp my entire regimen and it cost me money. It did like, and I started off a little cheap too. Like I, I did, I, I must confess, I don't product shame either. Yeah. If someone's using over the counter and it's working for them. Wonderful as far as what I do for my clients to get them on my skincare or the regimen I want them on, I will integrate what I need to. The only time that I get super strict is if they have a severe condition, like they've got, you know, grade three acne. Yes. I'm like, okay, we, you've got, let me bring in what you have, because I can almost guarantee that everything you're using is not correct for your skin type. Yes. And we're going to revamp this and we're going to actually peel back because most of the time they're using way too much. Um, So if they have a condition like that or melasma, and I know, you know, melasma is a labor of love, probably more than acne. And I know acne and melasma are the two things that you're a specialist in. Yes. So, you know, um, I myself have melasma, but I hide it well. If you saw my skin under a woods lamp, you would be like, oh, okay, there it is. But I also know certain times of the year, like even in Florida, in the summer, I have to use those tyrosinase inhibitors, without a doubt. But come November, December, I can pull back. So, you know, I say all that to say that, like, even with all the content that I post and all the educational stuff, it's hard when you're posting because you only get, you know, a minute. I can't, the 10-minute posts never work for me. For some reason, they, they just don't save, so... There's that. So it's either 15 seconds or one minute is what you're getting. And, you know, then you got to do part two, part three, part four. And me personally, if I'm not in a creative mindset, none of that is happening. Yeah. Um, but with my students, I, I just felt like, you know, I owe it to them for the money that they were paying too, to yeah. to, you know, take the, the class. I'm like, I owe it to them to give them as much information as I possibly can. And when, when they graduated, I always said, follow me on Instagram. It's my business page. Cause you know, there's a stipulation that we can't um, really f- essentially fraternize with them for two years postgraduate. But if, if they're on our business page, we could do that. And from time to time, they'll pop on my DMS and they're like, I have a question about, you know, I'm working in this spa and this is what they're doing. Why does this make, can you help me make this make sense? Like, why, why am I doing this? You know, like I, I do really crazy treatment modalities with lasers. Like I'll do, um, we'll do dermaplaning followed by this. It's a 1064. It's a non-ablative laser. It does a very light resurfacing and then I'll do a peel after. So I'll do all three of those. Yeah. And it's a beautiful treatment for the right person. Yep. You know, and that's, that's, that's what we, it, it's not just about the science. I mean, you have to know who your audience is. Like not everyone can do all of those same types of treatments. Knowing the different and types other, of skin. Right. And, and the other thing is too, like what we do with the exception of a basic fluffy feel good facial or a hydro facial or hydro facial, with the exception of those, most of what we do is cumulative. So you're not really going to know the results until six months out. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, all of it is a labor of love. It requires patience. And, you know, it's, it's, there's just so many layers to, to what we do. But, you know, to call things medical grade, to call us medical estheticians, it's not. We are preserving and beautifying the skin. That's, we're healer, we're healing, we're healers of the skin. Um, That's why now, like, you know, I, what I do when I have a consultation, sometimes I'm with a new client for two hours because I literally talk to them about everything. I mean, from what they eat to their menstrual cycles, to their bowel movements. Yeah. Yeah. Their emotional
0: well-being, uh, it all comes down to play. Yeah, it all is like all interconnected. Like you can't. I feel like if you're if you really want to heal skin, you have to start with from the inside. You have to start with the bowel movement, with the diet, with the mindset, and everything, because that plays a huge role. It's not only about the lotion potion that we put on the face. It's also what what are you doing internally? Because everything that we do eat turns into our skin cells. So if you're eating Cheetos, of course you're making skin cells out of Cheetos. So right. it's like not exactly the Cheetos, but you you see what I'm saying like it I do. Yeah. The quality of the diet you have, the quality of what you're eating. It does make us who we are. So that also is another aspect that many estheticians work with their clients as I mean as an acne specialist, I I can't work with somebody who's not willing to Modify their diet, and I'm not someone right. who would be like cut off everything, but I'm definitely going to be like just be careful. Like if you're eating this, then be okay with acne. I I right. have a I have one of my classmates who's actually being my acne um clients, and I told her the other day she was having a, uh, I she was having a drink or uh, it, it was like a beverage that had like sugar, and she was like, I know you're not gonna like this. I'm like, listen, I don't care. You can drink it just know that if you do end up having acne, don't say that your products are not working because it's also what you're eating. So being aware of all of that. So I think estheticians are more than just, just estheticians. That's just how I see it.
1: Well, you know, I have friends that joke and they're like, Oh, you rub faces for a living. And I used to get mad at it because it's not true. And, And it does bother me when they say that, but You know, I laugh it off now because I'm like, well, if that's what you really think, you know, and I make a good living and I'm right on par with what they're making and they are, you know, college graduates with master's degrees. I'm like, but I just rub faces for a living. Okay. You know, and then, and then when they come out with something and I'm like, well. This, 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 and that, and then they go to their doctor, and their doctor's like, "Well, this, 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 and that." And then they come back, and they're like, "Hey, you were right." I'm like, "Right," but I just rub faces for a living. Yeah. And 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 that was another thing that I would tell my students, you know, like people are going to say things that you know completely undermine. One second, babe,
0: I'm still sorry, I
1: didn't I'm doing podcasts. I'm sorry. That's okay. I sorry. Go ahead that's okay. Um, You know, I'm like, people will say things to undermine your credibility and you just, you got to keep pushing through, you know? But but then on the flip side, if it's something like, you know, medical esthetician or medical grade skincare, I I would tell them, I'm like, you got to fight on that one. Yeah. Explain to people like, don't call yourself a medical esthetician when it's not an actual title. It's either esthetician or, or master esthetician, because there's so, those few yeah. states that have that. But what I find interesting now about master esthetician is I've been doing this for 14 years, and I've been in every facet of aesthetics, yeah. except for makeup. And I do not ever talk about makeup. I love makeup. I love the idea of makeup. I have plenty of it, and I, I have my makeup brushes, and when I have to beat my face as they say, I do an amazing job. But as far as that, that I will leave to the makeup artists because that is not, not really my thing. Um, but with everything else, I'd like to think at this point that I am a master esthetician because I've touched on everything and, and I have, you know, and I, and I think that it's great for people who go to school and can, and in those States can get that master esthetician title. Um, but I do kind of think that, you know, after 10 years, you probably have earned it. I've
0: got, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like if you have been an esthetician for 10 years and you have been doing all these modalities, you already automatically are my master esthetician, whether you, your license says it or not. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't come down to the titles or anything because title is what. Usually I, because of the titles, I've made the wrong mistakes of going into the medicine side because I thought like maybe that title is going to give me that respect. I'm right. honestly going to be fine. Even if you call me a licensed esthetician, I'm still going to be okay because at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it. I think I just get upset with the medical stuff because it really is part of this revolution like this. Yes you know we need we need to be fair to ourselves because you don't i mean i don't really hear of like hairstylists and colorists going through these things no nobody questions them i mean yeah and they might say are you good at cutting hair or are you good at coloring hair or it's even the same as in, in the nail profession and mind you like in new york for example there is no nail licensing program anymore Because once New York State did away with that license, you can learn as an apprentice, and that's how you get your license. So like the school that I worked for, they had a nail specialty program for very many years. And then once New York State changed it, that you basically, you take a written exam, but you don't have to take a state board. You learn on the job. The school was like, well... There's no point in us having this as a curriculum anymore because all of these people can learn on the job. When I became a laser tech, so I I became a laser tech right out of school. I graduated aesthetic school. I went straight into my first laser job. There were no schools, none, that had a laser program. You learned on the job. I was fortunate to work for a very big corporation that had Uh, 250 locations across the United States and they had their training program like set to a tape and the training program was three months long and I had to make a couple of trips into Manhattan Mm -hmm. to sit with the other few people who got hired at the same time and an RN that was part of the company but also knew those laser systems and it was uh, three months. There was a training wage. After the three months, I had to take an exam. And you had to get a 75 or better. Um, I think I got like a 98 on my final exam. Wow. And then then there was a whole sh- like shadowing program. So after you passed the written exam, then you went up to your regular wage. Um, but then I had to watch three demos. Mm-hmm. And then... Do three demos with me being watched. And then I was cleared on that laser. Then the next laser I would have to do. So that's how I learned. And so when I started teaching, I basically worked with the school to kind of set it up that way. So now as a a spa manager, um, my new employee, she actually was trained on the same laser systems that we used. But I still had an onboarding process. Mm -hmm. I created a four week program and it included not just the lasers, but like the skincare because the skincare she was familiar with, but didn't really work with it. Um, I made sure that she had all the webinars for the skincare, all the webinars for the lasers so she could get her certificates that she would keep with us. So I set it up the same way. And, you know, again, she came in with knowledge, which made it much easier for me because she was easy to train. Mm-hmm. but I, even the booking system that we use, she had n- never used it. So I had a, I incorporated that into the four weeks. Anyway, she trained in two weeks. Wow. So because half, half of what was on there, she already knew. And all I did was go in and watch like two of each service. And I was like, okay, you're good to go. Like I was able to sign off on, on the work. So that's just how I am. Not just as an instructor, but as a, a spa manager, Um, I believe that more than, you know, teaching and and educating as a manager, the biggest thing is leadership, right? Leadership to me means that I can roll up my sleeves and get in the trenches with you. Yeah. Um, That I'm not just here to point and say, do this, do that. Because if I can't do what you can do, then how am I going to be successful at leading? Like to me, it's more important to be a leader and a team member than for me to be like your boss. Of course, there's that boundary that I am the boss, but being able to get into it. And so, you know, while I don't do as many of the treatments as I used to, I step in today. I had to step in at least three times a week. I have to step in because she'll be doing laser hair removal and I'll have to do, you know, like, um, IPL or something else or facial.
0: I sometimes do hate working with technology because we were in the middle of our conversation and it just cut off completely. I'm so glad that we still have the podcast saved. Um I didn't get to do the outro and finish the podcast. So I'm just recording it separately. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast with Justina. And if you guys have any questions or any concerns, I would have all her information linked in the description of the podcast. Do reach out to her. She is an amazing instructor and she is willing to help and teach. Let me know what you think. Reach out to us if you have any questions or concerns. Till next time, keep glowing, keep growing. Bye-bye.